and welcome to another episode of Justice Sobriety, where we talk and share and spill the tea soberly and anonymously. Today, I want to talk about my story of my own alcoholism, my experience, strength, and hope, in hopes that this may be something that any of you can relate to, or maybe it'll help you in some kind of way. So, I just thought I'd start reading this writing that I wrote back in January, and I have been sober since August 30th, 2019. So even this, it's the best way that whenever I got sponsees, I would send this to them because it was the best way that I could really explain myself. And after I read this, I'm going to go ahead and talk more about things that aren't in here, so just bear with me. And, um... Some of it's a bit dark, so it may or may not be a trigger warning in case anyone needs to hear that. Okay, so I'm going to start reading now. Silence, it's something I would turn to when I'd constantly have parents in my ear about how I was living or wasn't living in a certain way. Um, It's the solace I would dream of in the deafening cafeteria before my professor arrived to the classroom for me to escape to before the other college kids rushed in, of course. Everywhere I've gone, I would... Everywhere I've gone was too crowded or too loud or too much of something. I didn't know how to handle it, and I sure as hell wasn't going to waste my time to solve it. I've been constantly discontent with every aspect of my life to the point that even in my own house, with no one else there, the silence wasn't enough to suppress the noise in my head. No matter how dark it was, no matter how many doors I was closed behind, no matter how loud or low my music was, there was something that would not shut the fuck up. In reality, it was my own conscience, but I was too bothered to even realize it. I needed to get away from everything And then I discovered a new method to mellow everything out. Wine, rum, whiskey, vodka, even beer if it was the only option, or if I ran out of everything else. Whatever I could get my hands on, even if it didn't taste good, I would mix it with something or choke it down until it was empty. I take those first few sips and finally I felt some peace of mind. It was like I was on a cloud in a totally different universe. I couldn't even recognize the person it made me be. And it felt fucking great. Um, It was the only thing that got me through the bullshit that never failed to creep up and bite me in the ass. Why? Because with that drink, with that euphoria, none of that shit even mattered. Someone could physically injure me, but as long as I had that glass filled... I was fine. I could take it. Until the next day when, like, what the fuck was I thinking? Oh, right, I wasn't. And that's the whole purpose, not to think. If that's what I wanted so badly, then why did I regret it after? And why did I continue this process time after time, once again, confidence that it would be different next time and I'd feel as great as it used to make me feel? I, I couldn't decide just not to drink. I would only get as far as drinking earlier in the evening or binging wine instead of taking shots. The wine never caused me to black out, but that doesn't mean I didn't experience the worst emotional meltdowns, which included me drunk calling my brother, being really upset because 
one of our family members was dying and he just seemed too okay with it, which he wasn't, but you know, that's what happens when you're drunk. Everything's about you. Eventually, the only silence that ever occurred was when I was around who was supposed to be the love of my life. When there should have been laughter and joy, there was regret and tension. Every silence permitted the chance to make amends or disappoint her more. I couldn't risk disappointing her more, so I'd inadvertently disappoint her by letting her, by letting the silence win over and over again. Until I found God, or my own higher power, the silence I once turned to was the silence I wasn't strong enough to face. If it weren't for God and the love of my life and AA, there would have been no more of me and silent I'd forever remain. I don't want to be quiet anymore and I sure as hell don't want to be alone with those thoughts. I'll do whatever means necessary not to go back to that. Even when it's not calm and quiet, I'm so fucking grateful not just to be but to finally feel alive. So again, I got sober in August or early September of 2019. I didn't feel alive until the end of January 2020. If that explains anything, it was not a smooth transition from being drunk all the time to being sober. Life was really hard to manage even in sobriety, especially early sobriety. Um, so that was a little bit about that. Um, it was just, it was really rough. So I guess to start from the beginning, along with that, I really started drinking socially. I didn't feel like I had a problem. I just thought I had a really high tolerance to alcohol. <laughs> so eventually I got, I got bored and I was like, okay, well, if I can have this much and feel fine, which is usually like a six pack or something, what's two six packs or what's more than one bottle of wine? Um, <laughs> even though one Christmas I got two of those wine glasses that can fill an entire bottle of wine from different people I still didn't think I was an alcoholic I was like oh they just know what I like <laughs> which you know that's true but still I I couldn't see those signs that should have been a sign and then it got to the point where to be around certain people I felt like I needed that drink just to be okay just so I can not, like, blow up on them. <laughs> and I'm not going to get into who those people are. Because things are better with them now anyways. But this is anonymous. Um, so it went from that. And then I was working 40 plus hours a week. I was going to school full time. Still couldn't pay my bills. But I had. I, I always somehow had money for alcohol, even though I owed people money and my family that I couldn't pay back. I had money for alcohol and I'm not proud of that. And one day I, I choose, I will, I will definitely figure out how to pay them back. Um, so there was that. And then it got to that point where I needed it just so I can calm down 
just so I can feel like I can breathe, just so I don't feel lonely. Because at that point, my relationship was starting to get bad because of my own actions. Because how stressed out I was, I would just start drinking instead of actually trying to fix my life. And when I got drunk, I don't blame her for not really liking it. I don't blame her for wanting to play her video games and said, I really don't. I wasn't a good person. I wasn't always great to be around. But because of that, I didn't know how to fix it. So I was like, fuck it, I'll just drink. So I would isolate. That's when that isolation really started. And I, it just became a habit. And I, there were times where I would drink while doing my homework, you know, thinking, oh, this might help me focus. This might help me wind down. And it didn't. I would just get drunk and do a shitty job on my homework and show up to class hungover or skip class when I was getting help with payment for those classes. In my mind, it was just too much of a hassle because I was hungover or I didn't feel good or I was depressed. And then I had a mental breakdown and almost killed myself. I'm glad I didn't. I'm glad I stopped the car in time. I almost didn't. So then I got on antidepressants because I knew if things got any worse, then I would actually be dead. And then I still drank with the antidepressants, but blamed the antidepressants for not working properly. I was still not able to see the harm I was doing. Even though specifically on the bottle, it said, do not mix with alcohol. I didn't read that shit. And if I did, I was like, yeah, it'll be fine. As long as I don't take the medicine while I'm drinking alcohol at the same time. You know, I would drink water or coffee. And like I said in, a, in another episode, I would drink coffee until or soda until it was time for me to get home and I could start drinking. It was, it was horrible. But that wasn't even the worst of it. That was just the beginning. Um... Fast forward to about a year later, things still weren't better. My relationship was even worse. I was lonelier than ever, blaming her for everything, when in reality, it was my fault. I couldn't get along with my roommates. I couldn't stand one of them until one night where there was a lot of shots of I don't even know what it was. I blacked out, but I remember that I was supposed to just go to sleep early that night because I had to open in my job, and I was the key holder. But instead, I was just like, yeah, sure, I'll try this new, I don't know, whiskey you have. And then it just became shot after shot of random things, and... Suddenly, that roommate I couldn't stand didn't seem so bad. (laughs) And I blacked out, and I was not feeling great that next morning. I did not want to hear what happened, and thank God not everything I thought had happened actually did. But I still almost lost my job. I got written up because I was almost an hour late 
and I was the key holder. That poor cashier was just waiting outside for almost an hour for me to get there. And yeah, I I don't want to say I was still drunk when I was driving, but I was definitely hungover. That was one of the worst nights. And I used to like blacking out. I used to like want to get to that point because right before I lost complete control of my own physical motion, I was feeling so euphoric. I was feeling amazing. It didn't matter what trouble I was causing. I was feeling so good. I was feeling everything that I wanted and nothing that I didn't want to feel. But the consequences, having having her have to, my fiance having her to take care of me, that's not fair. Because I couldn't walk. I couldn't get dressed. I couldn't do anything by myself. And I couldn't remember half the shit. I'm just so lucky that I was at home and I wasn't somewhere else where worse things could have happened to me because that that could have ended much worse. I, I could have gotten drugged. I could have gotten raped. I could have gotten seriously hurt. But I was at home with people that I that cared for me. And I shouldn't have put them in that position. I shouldn't have even had as much alcohol as I did. But at the time, I didn't care. I was only thinking about me. I wasn't thinking about them. There were so many times where she would beg me not to get too drunk. And I would, fully knowing that I was going to get drunk or drink more than she wanted, I would just appease her and say, okay, I won't. But I knew once I started, there was no stopping and I didn't want to stop. <laughs> there was no willpower to stop, even if I wanted to. But I thought that was okay. And I always wondered why she was mad at me. I always wondered why she didn't really want to spend much time with me when I was, I was a monster. <laughs> I put her through so much and blamed her for not wanting to spend time with me. It was so selfish. I don't know why she stayed with me besides her loving me, but I wasn't showing that I loved her. I want to say I did, but I, I wasn't. So then I got this diagnosis. I've had back pain, joint pain for as long as I can remember. And it just kept getting worse and worse and worse. And I got blood tests and x-rays and bone scans and all this shit. Um, I, I became a pincushion to needles. And I hate needles. I hated getting all the blood work done. I hated it, but I had to, so I got it all done. And then I got this diagnosis. It's, it's an autoimmune disease. I'm not gonna say which one it is, but um, it's arthritis based basically with inflammation. And it got so bad where I couldn't, it was hard for me to work and I worked in retail at the time. I've always worked in retail and food service and it was really hard for me to do my job. So 
I justified that pain to drink. Because when I drank, I didn't feel it as much, especially with the hard stuff. And I still didn't think I had a problem. At that point, I did not think I had a problem with alcohol. I just blamed the world. There was always an excuse. I could have a horrible day at work and then I'd go get a daiquiri with the biggest size and then extra vodka and not tell anyone and cancel plans just so I could sit on the couch and be sad, feel sorry for myself and drink. And I still didn't think I had a problem. It sounds really stupid now, but I just couldn't see it then. Um, But I got this diagnosis and I was told that with the medicines that I'd have to take for it for basically the rest of my life, if I drank, it would eventually kill me. And that was a simple thing. That should have been, okay, I'll stop. But I was pissed. I wasn't done. I was only 21. I was only 21 when all that stuff started. And I wasn't done. I didn't stop until after turning 22. I, after taking the medicine, after knowing what could happen, I still couldn't stop drinking. I wasn't, it's not that I wanted to die, but it's not that I didn't want to die. I just, I needed to drink. I was so selfish, I was willing to potentially throw my life away. Even though I had so many people who loved and cared for me, just so I could drink. just so I didn't have to feel what I didn't want to feel. Even though the alcohol stopped working for me at that point, I was just doing it because that insanity of hope, hoping that next time I can control my drinking, next time it'll work for me, next time there's always some excuse for next time that I just clung to because I didn't know what else to cling, what else to, cling to. Um... And eventually I met someone who was in the program and she brought me to my first meeting. I, I, I just went and she, she didn't tell me that I was going to a church for a meeting. And I've always had an issue with church and religion and God and all that stuff. And I, I didn't want to go. I was like, it's in here. Like, I thought we were in the wrong place. I was like, are you sure it's here? And she's like, yeah. I didn't want to go and I was so scared, but when I did, I met the nicest people. They were so welcoming. They were so accepting. They wanted me there. They, they gave me their numbers. They were hugging me. They kept telling me to come back. And I was like, what the fuck? What is wrong with these people? They don't know me. And then when they find out how I am, they're not going to want to know me, but they found out how I was and they still did. They wanted to know me even more. They cared about me even more. They loved me until I could love myself. And I went to other groups and I found another one to be my home group too. And I 
I met my sponsor and she took me through the steps. It saved my life. Eventually, I didn't want to die anymore. Eventually, I had goals. Eventually, I wanted to fix my relationship. And it, there was something that made me realize how bad I really wanted it. And I, it caused a lot of pain for both of us. But I'm so grateful that it happened because it made everything just open up. I couldn't ask for a better miracle. I'm just... Today, now, I started college again for another degree. And it's like I can retain information. I have a new job that I love. I complain a lot, but I love it. It's the best job I've ever had. My boss is great. We get along most of the time. (laughs) And when we don't, it's usually my fault because I'm just reacting to something that I should just respond to in a calm, professional manner, which I'm working on. Um, My relationship is better than ever. We're getting an apartment together. No more roommates. Um, Financially, we're paying bills. We're mostly comfortable. I have a little spending money. I'm getting side jobs. I pet sit. It's just, and I have relationships, even with that roommate that I couldn't fucking stand to be in the same room with. I'll invite him over. He invites me over. We just randomly text each other. I never thought that would happen. And that wouldn't have happened if it weren't for the program and completing, you know, making amends to him and really meaning it and realizing how horrible I was. I was the nightmare. It wasn't him. He was just trying to live with me and not take my shit, which I don't blame him now. I wouldn't want to take my shit. I was horrible. If I acted, I mean, if someone else acted towards me the way I acted towards him, uh, I would have kicked them out a long time ago. <laughs> um, I'm not perfect. I'll never claim perfection. As the, you know, as the book says, progress, spiritual progress, not perfection. And I've gotten some sponsees since then. Some of them decided to switch. Other, there's another I still have. And everything's a learning experience. I'm learning how to be better at communicating. I'm learning how to show how, show that I really love people. And I'm trying to express that. And now, today, I can show up for my family. Today, I can be that partner that she's always deserved. Today, I just feel like a new person. I feel like I'm truly living. I want to keep living. I have new goals for myself. I want to be a substance abuse counselor, get my LCDC. There's so many things and I just couldn't be more grateful for everything I've experienced the past 10 months of being sober. Well, 10 and a half now, but same shit, I guess. I found a higher power. 
I, I call him God, but I don't know what that really means. It's just out of convenience, but I have a support system I never thought I would have. I have relationships with my family members that I love so dearly that I've disappointed so many times. Um, I'm working on my character defects, although <sighs> some days go better than others, but that's all we can do. I just try to learn from it and keep, keep moving forward, like I say all the time. I just feel that serenity that I never had. I feel that serenity that I would seek when I would drink. I don't need alcohol for that anymore. I just have to wake up. And I'm grateful to wake up. And I think that's it for now. That's the best I can really describe it. Um, I'm trying not to be codependent. I do have loved ones that are out right now, not working the program, and it sucks, but I still love them, and I just want them to be okay, and I cannot control them. I cannot control anything. I've surrendered that. So... Thank you so much if you're still listening. I know it was long, but I've never really been so thorough telling my story, and it feels really good. So I hope this helps some of you. I hope you can relate to it. If you have any questions or want to share yours on here, please just let me know, and we'll make that happen. Okay, so I'm going to close out like I have been doing with the serenity prayer. But before that, I just want to say that um, today's the two-year anniversary of my grandmother's death. And I do miss her very much. And I'm very sad about it, but I will choose not to suffer. I did my crying. I talked about my feelings. I'm admitting it to you guys and I know she's not in pain anymore so I have to be happy for that I can't be selfish and wish she was still here suffering so have a wonderful day and I'll close out with a prayer so God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference